fascinating conversation with a nurse. Angela Prio Kanan's a registered nurse with the Ontario Nurses Association. We talked about healthcare, what she's seeing in hospitals. We talked about the fact QP education workers, not saying they shouldn't have, got tremendous support from the public because they were able to strike and withhold services. And it's something nurses can't do with restrictive legislation still staring them in the face. I thought this was an awesome conversation about healthcare and the current problems. Take a listen to it on Toronto Today. I don't know when the last time I asked this was whether you're in for a rethink, a reframe on where we're at with health care. I know it's a running theme this morning. Some mornings were pretty hot and heavy on education. Sometimes it's about just the city of Toronto. Sometimes there's a major federal issue. Um, but I know that I, I know this. I feel this. And, and the guests we've had on this morning, we said the same thing. If you're able to reframe this, if you're able to make this a better place to live, a better place to work, for sure, for doctors and nurses, and, and you can come up the middle and build that. Um, wow. You, you, like there's a lot of people sitting in the middle going, I want somebody to be a leader and somebody to be brave. And at some point in time, this happened in other countries. I, I've read so much. I could write a thesis on and I'm not saying I'd get higher than a C minus on it, but I've read enough on what Germany did to reframe, what Italy did to reframe. The Scandinavian countries speak for themselves. Um, we've got to have more conversations about it. Again, the first thing I would have done if I was the Ford government in the summer is repeal Bill 124. Um, we're losing good people. We are absolutely burning through nurses and doctors and administration staff, and it's got to stop. Um, who do we want to take care of us? And do we even want to age out in this province the way we're headed right now? Like, these are honest questions. Angela Prio Cannon is our guest. She's a registered nurse with the Ontario Nurses Association. It is great to have you on. Thanks very much. I, I love ta talking to healthcare practitioners, and some are, are hesitant to speak, but I, I think the time is come and gone for, um, for us not to find out what we need and, and, and what people like you need, Angela. So thanks for coming on with me. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. When I lay all that out at the start about having rethinks and reframes, is it is it a frightening notion or are you like we've just been doing the same thing over and over again with different governments and different political ideologies for so long? Well, you know, this uh, nursing shortage that we have, this crisis that's going on has been going on for the last two decades. This isn't something new that mm -hmm. happened overnight. And certainly our government isn't helping. It's rather harming the system and making it even harder for us to uh, be able to deliver quality patient care. What was it like before the pandemic? Rewind the clocks for our audience and tell us what the six months before the 2019 was like as a registered nurse in Ontario. Oh, gosh, we could go back even further than that. I mean, 20 years ago, there was a shortage of nurses. They estimated around 20,000. And uh, in the last couple of years, we think there's around 30,000 nurses that are uh, missing out of the system. It's just been worse and worse. You're doing more with less. So where a nurse would look after one patient and, uh, you know, one patient in the ICU, now they're looking after three, three to one in a critically care area. The pediatric uh, patient uh, issues that are happening right now, it's just unbelievable that our pediatric beds are filling up like crazy. And we have not enough nurses to look after these vulnerable patients. 
And seems like a little bit of a perfect storm, isn't it? Um, fa- fa- like family doctors are not as accessible. I, I I have a great one. I know not everybody does, but even even she's given us phone appointments when we're, we, we're you know we don't want to beg and plead and scream and yell. We certainly don't want to be rude. We respect the job and respect our, you know healthcare in our household, but sometimes we want to we want to be seen and we want our kids to be seen. So there's that. There's the lack of this cold and cough medicine. There's you know walk-in clinics are 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 a, are a gamble at the best of times as to when you'll get seen and whether you'll get amazing advice. So we all flood the emergency rooms, it feels like. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Primary care is a huge issue because primary care right now is uh, under attack as well. There's not enough family doctors. We have nurse practitioners out there that could lead primary care clinics and uh, look after patients. But the government, you know, is is Mm. balking at all of that. Um, There's so many solutions that we can come up with to help the government uh, give us better delivery of, of pri- publicly funded, pardon me, publicly yeah. funded healthcare, certainly not privately funded healthcare. Um, you know, there's no action um, happening that we're seeing. We're seeing highways being promised and billions spent on that, but nothing spoken about in healthcare yesterday in the uh, fall financial report. Uh, it's really interesting, you know, Bill no. 124 has really killed us. Has we, really killed our, our profession. The, the one thing I thought, um, and I, I don't come from a family of, of healthcare providers, but my parents were both teachers. And when I watch, you know, the province and, and its citizenry align with QP, you know, and, and get that kind of turnout, I couldn't help but think of nurses and, and receptionists thinking, we could use this turnout also. They made the government buckle at the knees for 48 hours. You guys have a very restrictive bill when it comes to A, your working conditions, and B, your salary. I, it's me saying this. I'd like to see as much support for you guys as we gave to QP on that Friday and Monday. Am I nuts? Here, oh, here. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And we made a commitment to support our um, you know, fellow union members and fellow workers in the province, not just, this isn't just about unionized workers. This is about all workers and their rights being trampled with bill 28. And uh, we would uh, always support all workers. And um, we have been uh, promised the same support. And we want to see the, the public support us because I think the public doesn't realize how terrible it is out there in healthcare right now. Well, and, 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 and you can't go on and you can't go on strike. And I think that's important right. to remind our listeners. Yeah. You, you're, you've got a salary increase capped at 1%. Inflation's high. Interest rates are high. And you don't have leverage to withdraw services. You may not want to, but QP had no problem. No problem doing it. And it, 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 it may end up paying off huge dividends in their lives getting better. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, really a great, great thing to see. People come together a couple weeks ago when they had a, a flash, um, you know, uh, rally on uh, November the 1st. That was incredible to see um, the support of people coming out, even the public. And now the public needs to know, you're right, we can't strike. We're an essential service and we do not have the right to strike. But we need people, the public, to come out and support all workers and including nurses because we really need their support more than ever now. Angela, is, and, oh, uh, sorry, oh, sorry go ahead. I was just going to reset, reset you. Uh, Angela Priocanon, our guest registered nurse with the Ontario Nurses Association. Um, the, the cold and flu medicine, um, the lack of Tylenol, the lack of Advil. When did you start to notice this was going to be a massive problem in our communities? Well, you know, I can only speak on what I've heard from uh, my peers and from, from family members who have 
have children who need Tylenol and, and the Advil uh, medicines that they couldn't find it anywhere here mm-hmm. in, you know, in Canada. And it was, just, it was shocking to me that this is happening. So what's happening now is uh, parents are taking their kids into the emergency departments that are already flooded to yeah. get basic medicine that should be, be able to be bought over the counter. And so this is compounding that issue, right? With the, flo- with the uh, surge in our emergency departments with uh, all our little sick children coming in for Tylenol. I mean, that's absurd. That's absurd. Yeah. So and- you know, we're, we're hoping that uh, the government will, will get something going with uh, ensuring that we have a supply back in Canada. I know you mentioned, um, and I wasn't a Freudian slip because I make them nine times a morning. It's early, uh, but the idea of privatizing any aspect of healthcare—it—it's it, a third rail for some to have a conversation about. When I look at other countries, Germany's a phenomenal example. They've got a universal multi-payer healthcare system. I don't want to become the states. I don't. I, I live there. It's great if you have a job. It's a horror show if you don't. So, Angela, I, I just I, I want solutions. I I do feel there needs to be a little bit of a rebuild and restructure. And we should look at any and all options. There are private elements of 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 european plans that i look at and i think someone who pays into the system like you or me or a lot of our listeners i I, they do everything right for six decades and all of a sudden they need a hip surgery when they're 76 and we say hey hold on 14 months or 18 months or fly to another country and get it that's not that's that's nothing to be proud of and we got to fix it we absolutely do have to fix it you know we're spending billions on highways and we're spending billions on on things that are are not as important to the healthcare of our people. This is really something that, you know, the people of Ontario should be paying attention to. Mm. If you don't have the right paycheck, then, you know, you won't be able to get the right care. And we keep hearing from their government, well, all you everything's covered. Everything's covered. It's all covered. Well, it's not. I'm going to be able to jump the queue because I have the money to do it. That's not right. We have to support and sustain publicly funded healthcare. That's not an option. It, we have to fight for that. It's a weird one because I'd say we can provide equal access. I think we can provide a baseline of equal access and we've got a moral and ethical responsibility to do it. Same as food, water, shelter. I do think if, if you get in a car accident, we know your income is going to allow you benefits to rehabilitate or go see an RM, an RMT or go see a physiotherapist like there are, there's going to be inequalities in the system. We just have too many of them is the best way I could put it, Angela. I would agree with you, but you know, we have to start focusing on providing that publicly funded care to all Mm. people of Ontario. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no other option. We're diluting our, our um, Mm. pool of healthcare workers. When you go into privatize, they, they pull out of the public system thinking the grass is greener. It's not always. I got about. We need to support that. Angela, I got about forty-five seconds. Have you had colleagues quit, and what do they say to you when they quit? The the like not just a job at a hospital, but the industry. They're out. What do they say? They cannot continue to work under these absolutely terrible conditions. The moral distress of my colleagues and the moral distress of uh, uh, what they see every day is unbelievable. And they just can't do it anymore. The workloads are absolutely unsustainable. The system is unsustainable. And you just cannot 
continue working in these conditions. It's depressing. It's dis- they're distraught. I don't even know how much more I can um, express how bad it is out there. You're being awesome with us. You're being very forthcoming with us. Please have more conversations. We've got to get to the meat and potatoes of fixing this. And I, and I hope you'll come on again. I thank you so much. And listen, one last plug. Yeah. They could repeal Bill 28. They could b- repeal Bill 124. That's 100%. Can do. It should have been the first thing they did when, when they got reelected. Plain and simple. Angela, That's thanks great. so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Greg. Take a- care. Angela Prio Cannon, registered nurse with the Ontario Nurses Association. Wow. I'm uh, I'm shaken. That was so interesting to me. And you rarely get a healthcare practitioner speaking so frankly. That's where we got to go. That's where we got to go and be real about what we need to do.